first off, my name is Dakota Tucker. I serve here on staff in the college ministry um, with Daniel, with Jacob, with Jasmine, and I'm the college MA. So I'm super excited that I get to talk to you all about pursuing Christ in college and what that looks like. And it's looked very different for me. Um, and I would love, I'm gonna open up with my testimony. I'm gonna share y'all how share with y'all how the Lord has radically changed my life. But before I do that, I just want to kind of get a range of what grades we're in. Do I have any sixth graders in here? I imagine I don't. Any seventh graders? Any eighth graders? Oh, no middle schoolers. Okay. What about freshmen? Any ninth graders? Ninth graders? Any tenth graders? No tenth graders? Eleventh? Oh, one tenth grader? Eleventh grader? And then rest seniors? Where are my seniors at? All right, 2021. It's exciting. I, want, I wanted to ask that first because... What I'm going to share today, yes, is going to be geared mostly towards college. I'm going to share my college experience with you all a little bit. Everything that I'm going to share with you today can also be applied to the middle school age and to the high school age. But for me, um, listening to Hannah, it was cool. You know, some of us grew up in a church household. Some of us grew up in the church. For me, I didn't I didn't um, grow up in the church by any means. Now, I'm not saying that in the sense of I have bad parents. My mom loves me. And she has sacrificed for me and she has taken care of me. I lost my father when I was nine months old and my brother was three years old. So I didn't have a father figure in in the picture of my life for a long time. Um, But now I do have a stepdad. Um, So church was always an option for us. It was was never I had to go or, hey, Sunday, Wednesdays. I wasn't really there because and I bet y'all can agree with this. If your parents don't make you do something, you're not going to actually do it. So that was for me in church. So from middle school, elementary school, and high school, I didn't, I wasn't ever in the church because I, man, my 10th grade year came and I had a couple buddies, Austin's one of them, many of y'all probably know Aziz, and they, they brought me to exit 15. I tried out exit 15 maybe once, maybe twice, and I said, ah, oh, this isn't for me. I, I met, it, I felt like I, I didn't fit in. I felt like I was that kid sitting alone because I didn't know anybody. I went to Bartlett, and then you had your Arlington kids over here, you had your homeschool kids over here. Then you had your private school kids over there. So I gave it a try, and I never came back. And so through all of high school, I played football and I played basketball, and my identity was just so firmly planted in that. How good I played on Friday night, how well I shot on the ball Saturday morning. That's what my identity was firmly planted in. And I never had joy. I never had excitement. I never had the things of the Lord that he wanted me to have because it was all in worldly things. It was all in these things that weren't of him. And it wasn't until, um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit, I was an eighth grader, and I had a basketball coach. And uh, me and him, over our time, and you heard Daniel, he trained me one-on-one in basketball. Um, I met him when I was 13 years old, and he was 18 years old, and we were both lost at the time. And over the years, he just our relationship changed from more of a player-coach relationship to a, just a friend relationship. He became my best friend. He's my best friend today. I mean, it was so cool because when I moved up to the high school level, I played freshman basketball, took off my 10th grade year. My 11th grade year, uh, it was so funny, Daniel, he actually moved up to the high school level and he coached me in high school basketball. But at this point, I'm 16 years old and he's 21 and he's saved at this point. You talk about him sharing his testimony, December of 2015, when he gave his life to the Lord. Well, that year I was a junior in high school and my relationship with him had radically changed because now it wasn't just coach player. It was Dakota, what are you going to do with your relationship with the Lord? And he started sharing Jesus with me. He started talking about Jesus with me. He started talking about church with me. But for me, I, saw, I said, coach, man, I gave Exit 15 a try. That's not for me. I gave the church a try. It's not for me. And I remember, I, I mean, I, and I hope Beach Week happens this year because Beach Week, I got to experience it. And he had to, he had to bribe me, I'm going to be honest. 
He came to me two weeks in a row. He said, Dakota, I want you to go to Beach Week. And I said, Coach, I tried the church thing. I tried the student ministry thing. It's not for me. Let me tell you something about Daniel Harris. That is a consistent man. He's a very consistent man. He doesn't give up. He came to me a week later. He said, Dakota, I got the scholarship for you to go to Beach Week. I said, so I'm about to go to the beach for free? Selfish, selfish senior in high school, man? Heck yeah, I'm going to take that. I, but here's the thing. I went down to Beach Week with no intentions of hearing the gospel. I didn't know what the gospel was. I knew a little about Jesus from what he told me when he was my coach. Went down there, and I remember the speaker. His name was Mac. I don't remember his last name. He said people will twist scripture to fit their lifestyle. And that's exactly what I was living in. Because through high school, I, I battled different things. I was in some ungodly relationships. I got caught up in marijuana and stuff like that. And I remember the week before I left for Beach Week, I asked my buddies that I used to work with and that I used to hang out with and live in sin with. I said, fellas, y'all think we're doing anything wrong? Now, I remember it clear as day. He, they said, Deco, that's what all my boys call me. Like, Deco, man, we could be out getting drunk and partying, but instead we're just chilling at the house doing this and playing the game. They were trying to take our sin and minimize it and make everybody else seem worse. And I remember when I heard that people will twist scripture to fit their lifestyle. It was like a spiritual slap in the face. And that year, it was June 2017, I raised my hand. I gave my life to Jesus. I got baptized that week. Y'all know how we do the baptism service at uh, the end of Beach Week. And that's when my walk with the Lord began. But here's the thing. From July of 2017 to December of 2017, I struggled. I, I, there was no change. I believe when you receive salvation, there should be a change that follows that. And it took me six months to figure that out. And that's what I want to talk to you all about today is pursuing Christ in college. Because I didn't start pursuing Christ in college until January of 2018. And in this breakout room that we're calling it, I want you all to learn how to own your faith. I want to talk about this idea of how to own your faith. And you think about this. Think about borrowing versus owning. When we borrow something from somebody, we don't really respect it. We really don't think highly of it. And we really don't take care of it, right? Many of us are the borrower. Many of us are probably the borrower that tears something up, tear something up, give it back to our friend. Hey, sorry, I'll pay you back later. But when you own something, you think highly of it. You think like, man, I, I own this. I want to take care of this. That's what you have to do in college. You have to own your faith because many of you, like, like we heard from Hannah, praise God, you grew up in a church household. Do not take that for granted because for some of you, I don't know where all of the seniors are going to college, but the people that I talked to that went off to UT Chat, UT Knoxville, MTSU, all these big time schools, I remember they came back to Memphis and now they're at Southwest and they're like, man, Dakota, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't make it. I couldn't pay for it. I couldn't study. I couldn't go to class and things like that. But on the flip side of that, there's some of you that didn't grow up in a church household. And that's okay. You, you didn't get walked through how to read your Bible. You didn't get walked through how to pray in all these different spiritual disciplines. In college, what I want to share with you are a couple things that I've, I've gotten to walk through and that I've gotten to do that have helped me own my faith in college. Oh, man, this is going to be so exciting. I love this because I'm, I'm still in college. I'm a senior at the U of M. Go Tigers. Um, and I call it COVID college. My, I was at Southwest for two years. And I went to did the Tennessee Promise for two, three years, and I transferred to Memphis. And then COVID hit, and now it's Zoom. It's Zoom University, unfortunately. But hey, I'm still. We're still. Praise God, we're back on campus a little bit this year and things like that. Um, but I just want to take a second right now. I want us to pray. I want us to get right with the Lord. And man, we're going we're gonna to talk about how we can pursue Christ in college. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're good, Lord. God, we thank you for you, God. We thank you for a weekend like this, that we get to come, that we get to worship you, Lord, that we get to 
challenge ourselves, Lord, and that we get to grow closer to you, Lord. God, I pray for the ninth graders, 10th graders, 11th graders, and the seniors in this room, God, that they would walk away and they would learn how to own their faith, God, and that they would walk away and not take this and implement it when they get to college, but God, they would implement this right now through the rest of their high school days and then take it with them when they get into college, God. So Lord, I pray for this time now, Lord, would you just be present in this room? Meet with us now, Lord. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Very simple thing. Number one that I want to share with you is be on a Bible reading plan. When I got saved back in June of 2017, July of 2017 to December of 2017, I did not read my Bible. I didn't have a Bible reading plan. I didn't know how to read the Bible. So this is, and for many of y'all, you're like, oh, well, if this is going to be this simple, I don't need to sit in here. No, 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 no. Be on a Bible reading plan. And I mean, read it systematically. Read it from the beginning to the end. And some of us do five-minute devos. Some of us, you know, that's okay, but I want to encourage you. There's more to the Bible than just a five-minute devotion, taking one little verse of Scripture, getting an application from it, and then going on with your day. I mean, reading Genesis 1 all the way to Revelations, because you need a full view of Scripture. And if you want to pursue Christ in college, you have to, you have to, you have to read your Bible. And I'm saying that because I want to emphasize the importance of it. But I'm not saying you have to in the sense of, oh, it's an obligation. Some thing about when parents say, hey, go clean your room, you're like, you, you get the passive aggressiveness like me, you start to smack your lip a little bit. No, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to in the sense of an obligation, but I'm saying you have to in the sense of an opportunity. Because when you look at it that way, and here's the thing I want to talk about a little bit with reading your Bible. When you look at it as an opportunity instead of an obligation, your time with the Lord will radically change. Because I know mine did. I know mine did, and I still sometimes, I've been walking with the Lord now for a little over three years, and I still sometimes go to my Bible and like, God, I got to do this. No, I get to do this. It's all about your mindset. It's all about your heart. And here's another thing about it. I'll take it a step further. You have to stop looking at reading your Bible as you climbing a ladder to God and start looking at it as God coming down to meet with you because you're the sinner. God's the sacrifice. And then once you look at it that way, then you'll start to read your Bible in a different manner. And I think about this, <laughs> I, think, I think about this in the sense of uh, us looking like, oh, God, here, here oh, I have to read my Bible. You know, it's the sense of, here I am, God, what are you going to teach me today? No, 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 change that. Because when you do that, it just, your time with the Lord, and we just heard, we just heard Daniel talk about context of Scripture and understanding the setting of Scripture. Oh, my gosh, it will just change how you read your Bible. And not only that, it starts to come to life to you. The passages that you're reading in Genesis 1 and things like that, it starts to come to life with you. And you're like, oh, this applies to me today. And I heard heard somebody say, there's many applications to Scripture. Uh, Our college life groups were actually going through this a little bit. It's biblical hermeneutics, how to study the Bible and things like that. There's many applications to Scripture, but there's only one interpretation of Scripture. And that comes from studying scripture and that comes from studying it well because you heard me when i shared my testimony the speaker at beach week said people will twist scripture to fit their lifestyle newsflash seniors when you get to college people are going to take scripture out of context and they're going to try to apply it to their life and they're going to say oh my sin's not that bad because here's what scripture says you have to be firmly planted in the word so you can stand up against those things because i'm telling you when you get to college people are going to try to pull you from beliefs but it's up to you. It's up to you to choose. Am I going to stand firm on this or am I going to be pushed away from it? 
And that's and the Bible talks about it. Jesus talks about when I, and this isn't even in my notes, but when a house is built on a rock and it's symbolized when it's built on Jesus, they'll stay firm when the storm comes. But when your house is built on the sand, when it's built on this world, when the storm comes, when the people who twist scripture come, now you're starting to fade away. Now you're starting to step away from it. And you can't, you cannot do that. Study the word intentionally. And I think about, I think about going back to um, studying the word, going back to uh, how we look at reading our Bibles with, about God coming down to us instead of us going up to God. Daniel quoted this just a few minutes ago. I have, I have it right here in my notes too. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. These are some verses that will humble you very quickly and very, you know, real. It says, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, and we had come as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And I wrote this in my notes right here. Don't get trapped in a religion, but walk in the freedom that you have in your relationship with Jesus. Don't get trapped in religion. It's not a have to. I don't have to read my Bible. I get to read my Bible. Look, when you start looking at this as a gift, when you start owning this right here, you'll start to read it differently. You'll start to walk differently. You'll start to live differently. And that's what I've, that's what I've learned in college. Because again, when I got saved, those six months, I, was, I kept living in sin, but this is how I knew I was saved. I felt conviction. I felt, I was like, God, I'm doing something wrong. Help me. When I got into the word, when I started to read this from beginning to end, it's radically impacted my life. And I think about this right here. You know, we, as Christians, we like to overcomplicate stuff, don't we? We try to overcomplicate a Bible reading plan. We try to overcomplicate church. We try to overcomplicate worship and stuff like this. And I use it I, in college. I get college students. I get the opportunity to walk college guys through what they're struggling with, what they need to talk about with, and it's a blessing. But one of them is I get this all the time. Dakota, how can I know God more? All right, let's, let's talk about that because that's a deep question. How can you know God more? And I think about this because I'm going to ask you all this question. Who has the best friend in here? I shared with y'all who's my best friend. I got, a, I got a couple of them. We all spend time with our best friend, don't we? Because if we don't spend time with our best friend, that relationship tends to weaken. That relationship tends to just fade away and things like that. And then that, and we can't really know a person if we don't spend time with the person, right? And that, we just heard pastor say, how do we expect to know God if we're not spending time with God? It's the same way with Jesus. We can't expect to know Jesus. We don't spend time in the word. Spending time in the word is critical. It's critical for you to pursue Christ in college. And I have a resource for you guys, actually. It's right there in, it's right there in the back. Jacob's going to pass y'all out. This is a plan that we actually take our college students through. It's called the F-260 plan. I actually have my, I, have a, I got this for Christmas, praise the Lord, on my other F-260 Bible. It's a, it's, it's, got some wear and tear on it but hey the bad boy's got some it's got some history to it and i loved it but uh, what austin and what jacob's passing out is our f260 plan and this is what we take our college students through are you and john has a john has another version of the bible too john come, you can come up here brother y'all make some noise for john for me thank you john it's my bible holder thank you john here you hold it right there brother so these are the same exact bibles i just have a black leather one this is the disciple bible and what this is this is a system 
I want to give y'all a systematic way to read the Bible. And it's, it's not the only way. There's a one-year plan that Brother Steve offers and things like that. But this is the one that I, when I hopped on this and I read from Genesis all the way to Revelation, my walk with the Lord changed and my knowledge of the word changed too. Because when I first got saved, I, I bet some of y'all do this. All right, God, what you got for me today? Oh, Psalms 32. This is what I'm going to read today. But I don't know anything about Psalms 31. I don't know anything about Psalms 33. But what Jacob and Austin just gave you, is a Bible reading plan, and it's in my Bible, it's right here in the very front, and it takes you, it starts you in Genesis, and I remember when I first got saved, when I thought about the Old Testament, I just had, I don't know how it got in my head, but I think a lot of people think about it, all oh, the Old Testament's boring, all oh, the Old Testament doesn't have Jesus in it, false and false, <laughs> you see Jesus all through the Old Testament, and once you start to understand the Old Testament, the New Testament will come to even more life to you, because if you know, you have to, I shared this with the college student the other day. I asked him, I said, man, what's your Bible reading look like? He said, oh, man, I read, you know, all of us got the Bible app on our phones. We use our Bible apps almost more than our actual Bible. Um, he said, man, I do get these little devos on my phone and stuff like that. And I said, well, tell me about it, man. And he started walking through it. And I could realize, and I'm not, I'm not knocking him. Because like I said, a devo is better than nothing. Any amount of the word of God is better than no amount of the word of God, okay? Um, but I told him, I said, man, you have to start reading it from the beginning to the end so you can have a full view of Scripture. Because when you have a full view of Scripture, when those people, when I'm telling you, and, and it happens in high school, too. Like I said, this all applies to the middle schoolers and the high schoolers, too. There's people in high school and people, there will be people in college that they're going to try to pull you away from your beliefs. And it's up to you. Hey, am I going to, am I going to know this well? Because here my, here's the thing. I'm going to go back to this. College, it's going to require a lot of your time. I'm taking 15 hours of school right now, and I feel like I'm drowning. I have an exam to do right after this, actually, and I have another quiz to do that's due tomorrow at midnight. I'm going to give you all this advice, but it's so hard because I don't use this advice. Don't procrastinate. <laughs> uh, don't procrastinate. I'm trying to implement that more in my life. There's a lot of things that will require your time in college. Look, you gotta, you're going to have to take exams. You're going to have to write papers. You're going to have to study. Oh, wait, we want a social life in college, too, right? We want the college experience. Here's, here's the thing. Those things are good, and those things need to be done. But if you put more time into those things and you forget about your soul, college is going to be really hard for you. It's going to be really hard for you to pursue Christ in college if you don't take care of your soul in college. And so I encourage you. And if you're on a Bible reading plan now, praise God, please finish that and maybe start this on the next one. But this right here, it's about two chapters a day. Genesis 1 and 2, Genesis 3 and 4, and it takes you through the whole Bible as a whole. And it even has scripture memory verses, too. You talk about combating temptation. That's what Jesus did. He used scripture to defeat temptation. But also what we do with our college students, we do a thing called a hear journal. Does anybody know what a hear journal is by the raise of a hand? It's, it's so simple. I love it. I'm not, and again, I'm not the biggest journaler. Um, but this right here, when I learned how to do a hear journal, it helps me. It helps me. Um, Remember what I read for the day, honestly, and I love it. And even I learned this from Daniel. He told me to start titling my hair journals. Oh, my gosh. When I started to title my hair journals, then I got to say, hey, this is what I read in my Bible. Like, I still remember at the beginning of this year, um, towards actually towards the end of last year, I read Genesis 3. And we all know the famous chapter, Genesis 3, about the big fall. I titled it Hide or Seek. Because we see in that passage, when Adam and Eve fell, when they disobeyed God, they had two options. 
They could have either hid from God because they were in the garden with God, or they could have seeked God. And we saw what they did. They hid from him. As soon as they messed up and they realized, oh, my gosh, why are we like this? And they went and, they went and hid behind the bushes and they started to cover themselves. But the thing is, they hid from the one who could forgive them of their sin. And that's the thing you have to do in college. You have to seek God because if you hide from him, you're not going to be able to pursue Christ in college. And so going back to a cure journal, real simple. I'll hit it real quick so we can keep going. H stands for highlight. E stands for explain. A stands for apply. R stands for respond. So for the highlight section, and I have, and this is so cool, we have these Bibles in our bookstore. Jones is going to be so proud of me. Small plug. Um, <laughs> we have these Bibles in our bookstore, and this is, and this is a brand new one, so please cut me some slack. Yeah, I have here journals, I promise. Um, the highlight part is where you write what verse stands out to you. What's the scripture that stands out to you and that you want to journal on today? And then the E is explain, but here's the thing about explain. What's going on in that passage? You have to explain it biblically. What's it going on in that content? What's going on in that passage? Because then when you get to the apply, that's how you apply it to your life. But some of us, I heard Ben Taylor talk about this last Sunday. Some of us take this E and make it two applies. No, no, no. Make sure when you explain the passage, you're explaining what's going on in that specific passage. And then the R, I, love, I always love to respond in prayer. So I always, that's where I get my prayer journaling going. I'm trying to grow in that in my personal life. But this is where I take my journal for the whole. And I say, Heavenly Father, thank you for what you taught me in this passage. Thank you for what you did in this passage. And I go on from there. And that's my time of reflection and my response. And I encourage, this is just a simple way and an organized way. Because then I challenge you, you know, a lot of us fall into the trap of, oh, I'm not going to be. Uh, Sunday, a life group leader. Oh, I'm not going to be a pastor one day or things like that. We all have influence. We all have people in our life that we can teach the Bible. So I encourage you after you do it here, journal, I challenge you and push you. I do this for myself. You got, you, I challenge you to two things. Go teach somebody what you read, what you did your here journal on, or number two, and this will lead us into our second point, send it to somebody every single day. Me and Daniel, we send here journals together every single day. And I get like, it's like a double dip, honestly. He gets to know what I'm reading in the word, but I also get to know what he's reading in the word. And if it just, it brings us so much joy and it, it changes our friendship because I know how he's doing with his walk in the Lord. And then I know how he knows how I'm doing in my walk with the Lord. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about friends in college too. Um, Cause now I'm, I'm going to go into point number two. It is you need to be in godly community and accountability. Godly community and accountability. Thanks, Pastor. Going back to my testimony, those six months, this is another thing that I lacked for those six months, and this is why I struggled. I was still surrounded by guys that lived in the sin. And, hey, I love these guys. I'm not, I'm not dogging these guys. I still, I still reach out to them. I still love them. I still speak with them. But I can't spend all of my time with them because I know what's going to happen. But January of 2018, praise the Lord, um, this is, never mind, uh, 2018, I got plugged into the view, and God used the view and the community there to radically change my life, because that's where I learned how to read the Bible, that's where I learned how to pray, that's where I, I found my accountability, that's where I found my um, community. And for you, for a lot of you seniors that might be going elsewhere, maybe Union or UT Knox or UT Chat. That's one of the first things you need to do is find godly community there because a lot of times, this is another thing that we see in college, a lot of college students battle loneliness. 
And that's and the devil loves to um, attack in isolation. So the first thing you need to do when you get to college, wherever that may be, hey, we want you in Memphis, go Tigers. Um, but if you go off somewhere, if you go elsewhere, I'm telling, and I, I, I say this from experience, not just to, just to say it, find godly community. Because my first semester of college, I was still living in sin. Um, because like I said, from June 2017 to July, um, December 2017, so that little August to December, I was still living in sin. I was still struggling. I wasn't plugged into the view. Another thing about Daniel, very consistent of inviting me to the view. Be consistent with your friends. Be consistent when you share the gospel. Be consistent in loving people. You're not going to love somebody one time and then expect them to change. No, it takes time. Love is consistent. Love is patient. Love, love doesn't keep record of wrongdoing. There's so much. There's so much depth to love. And you can't just encourage one person one time and then expect them to change. But I think about this. A huge part of my testimony comes from godly community and accountability. But I think about a time back when I was in high school. Um, when I was in high school, I played high school football. And I love and It's funny because Daniel talked about conditioning and stuff like that. Um, when I played high school football, some of my favorite times were the weight room. I love, I love the lift weights. Um, and like Daniel said, when I was in high school, I was, I was a little bit smaller. I was a little, I had, I was a little bit tinier. But over time, it works. And hey, small plug, this is why I love working out so much. It goes hand in hand with your spiritual life. If you want to grow in the gym, it takes time and consistency. If you want to grow in your faith, it takes time and it takes consistency. That's, well, that's, just, that's just for me. <laughs> um, but I think about we had this week called Max Week. Um, and it was this week where we did one rep maxes of every lift. Bench press, back squat, you, you name it. And this is where you would see the ones who had been working hard all summer. And then you would see the ones who've been slacking off all summer. It's the same way with your faith. When you get around a bunch of people that are on fire for the Lord, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb if you're not on fire for the Lord. But if you're also around other people that aren't on fire for the Lord and you're the one on fire for the Lord. Hey, what's different about you? Because you're not like us. Oh, it's Jesus, the spirit of God living inside of me. People will notice that stuff. Um, and so some people would get crushed by their goal weights and then other people would crush their goal weights. And I'll never forget my strength coach. This dude was so big, couldn't scratch his back. Loved the guy to death. Like, if you put a, if you put a sticky note between his shoulder blades, he wouldn't grab it. I promise you that. He said, if you want to get stronger in the weight room, you have to surround yourself with people that are stronger than you. And at this time, I was 16, 17 years old, not saved, not living for the Lord. I was just trying to get a new bench max. I thought about it now, prepping for this. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's a lesson that applies to our spiritual life. If you want to get stronger, you have to surround yourself with people who are stronger than you. In other words, you become what you surround yourself with. You become what you surround yourself with. Now, I remember when I got saved at that beach week and I came and I remember the speaker said this. He said, some of you are going back home and y'all don't live in a Christian household. Y'all are leaving this safe environment. And he challenged us. He said, don't fall into that same sin that you came down here with. And some of y'all know the camp high. You come off that camp and you're on a spiritual high. Woo, man, we had a great week. Worship the Lord, learned about Jesus. And then, like, like Daniel just talked about, one bad thing happens to you. You're like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to walk with Jesus anymore. I remember in those six months that I struggled, when I got plugged into a godly community, I began to slowly change because I changed my surroundings. So then when, when my guys who I was living in sin with hey, said, hey, Deco, y'all want to come hang out? I said, yeah, man, but y'all come hang out with me at The View. 
I changed. They, I wasn't going to their home court because I know in their home court I was going to probably slip. But if they come to my home court, I know God. I know God's with me. I know they're they're going to experience God because we're at our home court. And God, and let me let me correct that because God will be would be with me in their home court as well. But it would be much more tempting. I, Danny's going to laugh at this illustration. It just came to my head though. I heard our old college pastor say, you hang out in the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. You hang out around sin long enough, you're going to fall into it. So that's what I mean by inviting them to my home court. When I invited them to come hang out at The View, when I invited them to come play basketball, or when I invited them to come hang out with me and some of my other guys, I knew I had a better chance of not falling into sin because I, I was surrounded by, not sin, I was surrounded by holiness. And I just challenge you, I, I bolded this in my notes. I want, I want you seniors and even you freshmen and 10th graders, I want you to take your faith to the next level. So you seniors, I want you to take your faith to the next level at your freshman year of college. 11th graders, y'all are gonna be the ones leading exit 15 next year. I want y'all to take y'all's faith to the next level. Because, and here's the thing, I, I talk to so many seniors and they tell me, they're like, Dakota, I'm ready to graduate high school. I'm ready to get to college. Slow down. Enjoy it. Because I remember another thing my coach used to always tell us. He says, there's going to be a day, Dakota, that you're going to put your helmet on, lace up your cleats for the last time, and you're going to talk about how you wish you could play one more game. And I'm talking about that with my buddies right now, that I wish I could play one more game. I wish Coach Daniel could coach me one more time. I wish I could go tackle that running back one more time. But I can't because that time has passed and I rushed through it. So for you seniors, it's already February. It's about to be March. You graduated in May. I see Hannah's eyes get wide. You graduated in May. Slow down and enjoy where God has you. Because if you're so focused on the future, you're going to miss what God has for you in the present. And that's a hard lesson that I had to learn. It's because I, I wanted to rush through high school and get to college. And I got to college and I was like, man, no different. <laughs> but it is because you have two options. I meant to say this at the beginning. You have two options when you get to college, but this applies for your high school days. This applies for your middle school days, too. You can either sell out for Christ in high school and in college, or you can let those days pass you by. And if you let those days pass you by, you're just going to be wasting your time. And do not waste your time. Seniors, I'm, I want to I focus on y'all right now because I remember where I was my senior year, just rushing through the time, trying to get through it. Enjoy where you are because you don't get this time back. I love Daniel in our staff meetings with me, Jasmine, and Jacob. Every single time he says this at the beginning of our staff meetings. What's today? Saturday, February 27th. He says, so he would say this right here. He would say, it's February 27th, 2021. The only February 27th, 2021 you're going to get. What are you going to do with it? You only get one run in high school. You only get one freshman year of college. You only get one sophomore, junior, and senior year of college. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to let it just pass you by, or are you going to sell out for Christ? Because here's the thing. God can use you. That's the, that's the thing you have to remember. God can use you where you are, but you have to take care of what you need to take care of so you can be used. And I want to focus on this right here. We're talking about friends and accountability. You're going to meet a lot of people in college. And praise God, that is so exciting. But here's the thing you're going to have to discern when you're in college. Because there's two kinds of friends that you have in college. I'm going to go two routes. You have friends that are going to push you to Christ or pull you from Christ. But not only that, you're going to have good friends in college 
But here's my question to you. Do you have godly friends in college? Do you have godly friends? Small plug, Hannah Harris. Because uh, good friends, they'll ask you how you're doing. Good. Oh, how was your day? How's class going? But let's take it to the next. Like I said, seniors, let's take it to the next level. A godly friend's going to ask you, hey, how's your soul doing? How's your time with the Lord going? What are you struggling with? Because when you start asking those questions to your friends, your relationship's going to change. When me and Daniel, when it changed from coach to player, he taught me an up and under. He taught me how to make free throws, praise the Lord. Um, but when he started asking me about my heart and what I was struggling with, I think that's why our friendship's so strong today. I'm 21 and he's 20. He's 26 now. Yeah, 26 now. Um, and we've been, we've been friends since I was 13 years old. And he, I watched his life radically change, and he got to watch my life radically change because we took our friendship from a good friendship and made it a godly friendship. And it was through the Lord. So that's why I, that's why I challenge you. And again, this applies everything that I'm talking about. Everything that I'm talking about applies to a sixth grader all the way up to a twelfth grader. But I know we want to we're pursuing Christ in college. But I want y'all to I want y'all to pursue Christ now because I don't want y'all to. Just so, oh, this is for the seniors that are going to college. No, I want 11th graders, I want y'all to pursue Christ now. So when you get to a senior, when you're a senior next year, the freshmen are going to be looking at what you're doing. And when they see what you're doing, and if you let one little sin, one little cockroach creep in and say, oh, that's okay, then the freshmen, by the time when they get a senior, they're going to say, oh, that's okay. And on the screen, um, I'm going to go back to accountability. I'm, I have some accountability questions that I, I walk myself through and that um, – that I got, it was a resource, another resource that I got that I wanted to give y'all. They're on your notes. I got discipled in college. And these are some of the questions that my disciple, he would ask me. Have you spent daily time in God's word and in prayer? Have you flirted or had lustful attitudes, tempting thoughts, or exposed yourself to any explicit materials which would not glorify God? Let that one sit. Have you done your 100% best in your job, school, et cetera? Other things. Have you loved your family to 100% capacity? Have you loved your friends to 100% capacity? list goes on and on. Have you shared the gospel with an unbeliever this week? Oh, did I skip one? Sorry. I'll just work. I'll just read this. Have you told any half-truth or outright lies, putting yourself in a better light for those around you? Ouch. Have you shared the gospel with an unbeliever this week? I love what Brother Steve says. We talk about what we love. Well, if you love Jesus, you're going to talk about it. Go ahead, go ahead, Jacob. Have you allowed any person or circumstance to rob you of your joy? And this one, is so, this one is so good because there's so, like what Daniel was just talking about, there's so many things that are going to attack us and things like that. And we let so many little, I'm going to say it's stupid things, take, take our joy from us. No, and here's the thing you have to learn. And I want you all to hear this. There's a difference between happiness and joy. And we went through this in, uh, at The View one night. There's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is a mood. If I, if I, hit, if I hit Austin on the shoulder, he'll probably get mad at me because I, I tried to, at least I tried to hurt him. I don't punch that hard, I don't think. Um, but happiness is a mood. It can change. Joy is a characteristic, and that only comes from the Lord. Joy is a characteristic, and that only comes from the Lord. So if you're walking with the Lord, you can have joy. And the thing is, when bad things happen to you, when you're living in joy, you don't let those things affect your attitude. And then the last one, have you lied on any of your answers? We just talked about lying, so that's a good one. Oh, yeah, I got to go quick. Um, and the last one is be on guard. Number three, be on guard. 
And what I mean by this is you have to be on guard against temptation. In college, there's this misconception that, you know, and a lot of people talk about the full college experience, partying and all this, all this jazz and stuff like that. There's this misconception that you're going to walk onto your college campus your first day and people are going to be popping out of the UC or out of the cafeteria. Hey, you want some weed? Hey, you want a six pack of beer? No, that's not how it works. I just want to let y'all know about that. It's not how it works. It, it comes from a pressure. Like I was just talking about in my testimony, how my buddies, they said, oh, Dakota, what we're doing is not that bad. That's what people are going to say about sin on college campuses. They're going to say, oh, this isn't that bad. Doing this, doing this drug this one time, it's not that bad. But then you find yourself trapped and you don't know how to get out. Oh, drinking this one, drinking this one drink is not that bad. But then you have two, three, four, and now you're drunk. You don't remember the night before. It's a pressure. And slowly but surely, they're going to pull. And this, is, and this goes back to point number one. Are, are you going to be on a Bible reading plan? Are you going to read your Bible? Because the, I'm going to tell you something. Lost people know Scripture, too. But here's the thing. They take it out of context. They don't know it in the context of the passage. And it's up to you to study the word. So when those attacks come, when those fiery darts come, you say, hey, I don't agree with that. And here's why. Because this is what God's word says. And this is what, God word, this is what God's word means. So and I, I capitalized this in my notes. Flee, flee, flee. Because this goes back to godly friends versus good friends. And this goes back to are people pushing you to Christ or pulling you from Christ? And, and I want to get to a Q&A. So this is the last thing I'll, I'll share with y'all. I think about this is another uh, free tip I'll give y'all. If you live on your own in college, you have to buy groceries, unfortunately. Um, for, I lived at home until I was 18. And I, man, I love mom had, went and bought the groceries. Mom cooked. Well, when I, when I moved in with my roommates in college, we had a hot plate and a skillet. I was cooking eggs and bacon out of it for two and a half years. Let me tell you something. It changes you when you buy your own groceries. Here's the thing, though. Another thing I learned in college is I buy all these groceries. I have them in the fridge. I have them in the pantry. And if I don't eat them, they go bad. Has anybody smelled like bad chicken before? Like raw chicken that goes bad or like raw milk that spoils? It's disgusting. It is you. I, a few weeks ago, I was, I was probably with Adam and Austin. Honestly, I had some chicken in the fridge, and I didn't cook it. And it, you know, when chicken gets bad, it starts to turn green. It starts to get discolored. And I opened it, and I just remember, oh, I, I gagged. I reacted to it. But immediately, I closed it and I threw it away. And that's how you have to respond to temptation. When it comes at you, you have to immediately take it and throw it away because if you let it. If you let it linger, that's when you're going to fall into it. And another thing about it is I remember when that raw, bad chicken was sitting in the refrigerator, the smell of it, the aroma of it, it started to linger out and my roommates could smell it. And so when you let temptation and when you let sin stand around, stay around and linger, not only does it affect you, but it's going to begin to affect the people around you. So I encourage you when you get in. Not when you get to college, but right now, train yourself on this. When temptation comes, think cockroach, think nasty raw chicken, take it and immediately throw it away. Because now that you've thrown it away, you, you're, not, you're not dealing it with, with it anymore. It's gone. Take, care, take, care, take your temptation, give it to the Lord, because he'll defeat it for you. That's what he did for you on the cross. Um, and the last thing I would tell you is this right here. And I would love to get to a Q&A, what questions y'all have about college and things like that. Because, again, I'm still in college. I graduate in December. I'm trying to enjoy the time that I have. But the last thing that I would leave you with is right here. Have the proper view of God so that you can have the proper view of sin, temptation, and everything else going on in your life. Have the proper view of God 
so that you can have the proper view of sin, temptation, and everything else going on in your life. What questions do y'all have about college? I, I have to speed up towards the end. What questions do y'all have? Um, anxieties about college y'all have? I would love to hear from y'all, and I would love to answer y'all to the best of my ability. I think about think about um girls eat potato chips Galatians. One <laughs> <laughs> of my one of my one of my one of my coworkers gave me that. I didn't. I always got confused about Galatians, Ephesians, and Philippians. And she said, Dakota, girls eat potato chips. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Change my life. Change my Bible. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I think about um, this is good. I remember one night I was uh, I was leaving. I used to wait tables at Texas Roadhouse, and a lot of the guys that I worked with, those are the guys that I lived in sin with. Um, and I remember one night we clocked out, and um, this is my life. I'd been living for the Lord. Now I'd been reading my Bible. Now, and um, I remember he uh, said, "Dakota, man, you want to come smoke with us?" And I thought about this is I was actually reading through Galatians, and I shared this with my buddy who asked me that. I read Galatians six. Verses 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each person examine his own work, and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else. For each person will have to carry his own load. So going back to verses 1 and 2, I really held on to this at the beginning of my walk with the Lord. And uh, I, I was really, at the beginning of my walk with the Lord, I remember I had stopped smoking marijuana and stuff like that. Um, a lot of it was out of fear because I didn't want to displease my best friend. You know, Daniel had poured into me for all these years and he gave me an opportunity to leadership. And I didn't want to displease my best friend. But as I began to read the word, I realized I didn't want to displease God with my sin. Um, and that changed. And so when my buddy asked me about this, I remember sharing this with him because he was searching. And this is the thing. My buddy was searching. He was like, Dakota, why? Why smoking bad? And I wanted him to get it. And I remember I wanted him to change in the sense because this dude was a art. This dude liked to argue. This dude always had a rebuttal for me. And it got to the point where I wanted him to change so I could prove him wrong. And I remember I went to Daniel about it. I was like, Coach, what do I do? What do I share with him? He said, Dakota, stop sharing to try to prove him wrong and start sharing out of love. And I remember this verse right here is with a gentle spirit watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. And in that night when he asked me, um, Dakota, you want to come smoke, smoke with us? I said, no, nah, man, I, I don't want to do that because here's why. The Lord changed my life. Um, and I walked him through this scripture and things like that because I knew he was searching. I knew he was looking, but he didn't fully understand yet because he had it up here. I shared the scriptures with him. We heard Hannah talk about it a little bit. He had it up here, but it hadn't transferred down here. And let me tell you something. When scripture goes from the brain to the heart, it changes. It changes you from the inside out. And I, love, I heard a pastor, uh, Robbie Gallaty, say once we get into the word, the word gets into us. And that's, that's what I would say to that verse. That's good. What else? Hmm. 
Nothing. Y'all good? I know y'all gotta go to another breakout room. I've, I've been under Daniel for a long time. He gets long winded, so I can I can too. <laughs> no questions about the reading plan. No questions about here journals. No questions about college. Okay, I have a question. What's up? Okay. You did like the half phrase, like. Oh, well, I was like going through my mind and then I was like, oh shit. Um, okay, so like kind of along the lines of you saying, like, kind of at first, you had like, uh, you're talking about people who were just like intimately friended with you and you were mentoring too. But then when you came to Nagel Warrior Camp, like, you just talked about having like spectacular experiences. But, like, how do you like love those and not like, like, I don't know, because I feel like a lot of times, like, when we have our friends like that, our initial relationship can already crackle or to like break them. But like, mm-hmm. how do we like love them still even if they were like, like, I don't know, that's kind of a big question. No, absolutely. So, like, I, I would go back to, I brought them to my home court um, because in this, I had the opportunity to, um, all, a lot of my guys that I used to live and sin with and struggle with, um, they all like to play basketball. And it was cool. God gave me the opportunity. I led a basketball Bible study for a year and a half. So from 2018 to halfway through 2019, um, I would invite them to that. And that's where I'd hang out with them. And they would get to see me teach the word and not see, not saying, oh, look at me, look at me. But they got to see the life change in me. So I just think it goes, that goes to, you know, actions speak louder than words because you want them to change and you want to share the love with them verbally. But also you have to share it in your actions, too, because and I and I always because my boys, they knew. Like, I wasn't judging them because six months ago, I was just smoking with them. Six months ago, I was just living in sin with them. So they, they realized, like, well, man, Dakota doesn't do it, do it anymore, but why not? And it's because of what Jesus had done in my life. So when I was in the Word and when, and when I had the right view of myself, that's another thing. When you have the right view of yourself, when you're trying to call somebody out for their wrongdoing, you do it from a humble standpoint instead of out of a judgmental, prideful standpoint. Does that make sense? 